Praise the Lord. This is Sister Pamela Williams, and today we're going to be talking about be careful who you keep company with. And we're going to start reading in 2 Chronicles chapter 17. I'm going to read verse 3 through 5. It says, And the Lord was with Jehoshaphat because he walked in the first ways of his father David and sought not unto Baalim but sought to the Lord God of his fathers and walked in his commandments and not after the doings of Israel. Now we have King Jehoshaphat. He was king of Judah and he was a good king. Once again, our thought for today is be careful who you're keeping company with. We're going to turn over to the next chapter, 2 Chronicles chapter 18. And I'll start reading in verse one. He says, now Jehoshaphat had riches and honor in abundance and joined affinity with Ahab. And after certain years, he, that is Jehoshaphat, went down to Ahab to Samaria and Ahab killed sheep and oxen for him in abundance and for the people that he had with him and persuaded him to go up with him to Ramoth Gilead. And so Jehoshaphat was king of Judah He was a good king, but Jehoshaphat got into a partnership or joined, the Bible says, affinity. That means he got into a mutual agreement with King Ahab, and King Ahab was a devil worshiper. King Ahab was an evil king, and God was angry with King Ahab, and King Ahab actually had a death sentence on his life, and Jehoshaphat did not realize that the king that he had joined with was about to die. As a matter of fact, Jehoshaphat gave his daughter to marry Ahab's son. And that son was also the son of Jezebel. And so in verse two, it says, after certain years, Jehoshaphat went to visit Ahab or he got or received an invitation and to visit Ahab in Samaria, and Ahab made a celebration for King Jehoshaphat in abundance. There was a great celebration that, or a great feast, a great party or gathering that King Ahab had, and he welcomed Jehoshaphat and his people, the people that he came with him. And listen to this, the word of God says, and persuaded him to go up with him to Ramoth Gilead. I'm going to read verse three and Ahab king of Israel said unto Jehoshaphat king of Judah, will you go with me to Ramoth Gilead? And he answered him, I am as thou art and my people as thy people and we will be with thee in war. And Jehoshaphat had no idea how wicked king Ahab really was. And God had put Ahab on a hit list. We need to be careful who we get into a partnership with. Also be careful who we get into alliances with or an agreement with or that we decide to open up a business with or get in the car with and travel to these various places. We need to make sure that we are equally yoked together. The Bible says, be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. Ahab, King Ahab had forsaken the true God and started worshiping a false God. And also King Ahab, God was angry with him because he led his people 
to do to sin against God as well. Jehoshaphat says that you are as I am, my people as your people, and we will be with thee in war. In other words, I will fight where you fight. I'll go where you go. Let's do this thing. We will be one. Verse four says, and Jehoshaphat said unto the king of Israel, inquire or ask, I pray thee, at the word of the Lord today. Let's pray for guidance. That's what Jehoshaphat was used to doing. And he made a suggestion to King Ahab that they seek counsel from the Lord. Verse five says, therefore, the king of Israel gathered together of prophets, 400 men and said unto them, shall we go to Ramath Gilead to battle or to fight or go to war or shall I forbear? In other words, is this the right time to go fight the battle or should I wait? And they, that is the 400 prophets said, go up for God will deliver it into the king's hand. Verse six says, but Jehoshaphat says, is there not here a prophet of the Lord besides that we may inquire of him? Jehoshaphat wasn't convinced. Even though the 400 prophets were in agreement, they all said, go up. You're going to win this battle. It's yours. Jehoshaphat said, is there anyone else that we can seek counsel for before we move forward to go into this war? Verse seven. And the king of Israel, that is Ahab, said unto Jehoshaphat, there is yet one man by whom we may inquire of the Lord, but I hate him. For he never prophesies good unto me, but always evil. The same is Micaiah, the son of Imla. And Jehoshaphat said, let not the king say so. So the king is saying, yes, there is one other person. He's a prophet of God, but I don't like him. Because every time when I call him to prophesy, he always say things that I don't like to hear. And King Jehoshaphat says, King don't say that about the man. Go ahead and call him. So look at what happened here. Verse eight. And the king of Israel called for one of his officers and said, fetch quickly. Go get Micaiah, the son of Imla. Now I'm going to roll over. You all can read it at your leisure. The entire chapter It's a beautiful story. How God will rescue the son of God who's living right and will also take away or wrath or fall on the king who's doing evil. Same book, let's start reading at verse 15. So the king has them go get this prophet called Micaiah. And here's what the king says. And the king said unto him, that is Micaiah, how many times shall I adjure or command thee that thou say nothing but the truth to me in the name of the Lord? Then he said, now this is Micaiah's response. I did see all Israel scattered upon the mountains as sheep that have no shepherd. And the Lord says, these have no master. Let them return, therefore, every man to his house in peace. And the king of Israel said to Jehoshaphat, did not I tell thee that he would not prophesy good unto me, but evil. Now here we have a true man of God, a true prophet of God that's bringing the word to two kings. And instead of them taking heed, they decide to go for it because they have 400 against one, but the 400, as we're going to read on, had a lying spirit. But that lying spirit was a convincing lying spirit. We must be careful not to hook up with people who are not honoring God with their lifestyle, not doing the will of God, 
not being a light when they try to befriend you. It's not that they want the God that you serve. They're trying to pull you back over to the other side to start serving the false gods that they serve. And once again, when someone that is out in the world is trying to befriend someone that's in the church or in the truth or in the light, we have to be so careful. And I pray that the Lord give us discernment so that we can see. We can't see their motive. We can't see their heart. But God will allow them. Sometimes they'll say things. Something will quicken your spirit. That didn't sound right. The children of the enemy, they know how to disguise themselves and wear a mask and pretend or they will ask you questions to find out what you think about something or a certain subject. And then they will say, yes, I agree with that when really their heart is not in it or their heart is not for you. Before we continue on, I want to read in 2 Corinthians chapter 11 and read what Paul wrote. So that's 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 11. It says, Wherefore, because I love you not, God knoweth, but what I do that I will do, that I may cut off occasion from them which desire occasion, that wherein they glory, they may be found even as we. Verse 13. For such are false prophets. They are deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. And no marvel for Satan himself is transformed or he changes or pretends to be an angel of light when actually he is the father of lies and he's full of darkness. And the Bible says there's no truth in him. And when we think about transformers, so Paul wrote in Corinthians that they are deceitful workers. They deceive us. They wake up with ideas of how can they trick us? How could they be cunning and slick and get what we have or get on our good side? Only because there's another motive. And they're doing that to destroy us. It's not because they care about us, not because they love us. The enemy is using them actually to try to destroy us. Lord, help us. So the writer here says they are deceitful workers transforming themselves. They are pretending to be the apostles of Jesus Christ when they are against the Lord Jesus Christ. And when you think about the word, when I think about the word transformer, in other words, they look like one thing on the outside, but on the inside, there are so many compartments that are hidden that we cannot see. And it's like when you go or if you've ever been to a masquerade party or if you think about Halloween, people walk around, they have masks on, they have makeup on, and sometimes they are dressed up so that you cannot identify, you don't really know who they are. And so the enemy is the same way. He is a pretender. He's dressed up. He's a wolf. And he is in a way that's inviting, but he's cunning and crafty because he wants to destroy God's sheep. Let's go back over to 2 Chronicles verse 18 and pick up where we left off. Micaiah spoke the truth to the king about what would happen. And he said in verse 16, he saw all of Israel. Now, King, now Ahab was the king of Israel, but he's telling them all 
your subjects, all your people, all your servants, they're going to be scattered upon the mountain as a sheep to have no shepherd. What he was prophesying and letting Ahab know that you're going to pass away. You're going to die. And the sheep, they are going to go home in peace, but you will not. And verse 17, it says, And the king of Israel said unto Jehoshaphat, Did not I tell you that he would not prophesy good unto me, but evil? This is the reason that King Ahab did not want to call him. And, and the Lord is saying, do we want the truth or do we want someone always to tell us a lie? See, the truth sometimes will hurt us. The truth sometimes will sting us. The truth makes us uncomfortable. But the word of God says that the truth is the only thing that will make you free. It will get you out of the bondage that the enemy tries to keep us in. Now, suppose these two kings would have had taken heed. However, the two kings, even though they had the man of God speaking the truth of God, it was one against 400. They decided to go for it in the battle in spite of hearing the truth. Let's read verse 18. And again, he said, therefore, hear the word. Now, this is Micaiah repeating what he says, but he's giving more detail. And Micaiah said, therefore, hear, listen to the word, pay attention. I saw the Lord sitting upon his throne. And all the hosts of heaven standing on his right hand and on his left hand. And the Lord said, who shall entice or persuade Ahab, king of Israel, that he may go up and fall or die at Ramoth Gilead? And one spake, saying after this manner, and another spake after that manner. Then there came out a spirit and stood before the Lord and said, I will entice him. And the Lord said unto him, wherewith or how? And listen what the spirit said, verse 21. And he said, I will go out and be a lion spirit in the mouth of all his prophets. And the Lord says, thou shalt entice him and thou shalt also prevail. Go out and do even so. So the Lord is allowing a lying spirit. This is a convincing lying spirit to be in the mouth of 400 prophets. They were on one accord and they said the same thing, but it was a lie. It was not the truth. And King Ahab believed them over what Micaiah, the truth prophet, had said. Ahab didn't believe that he was going to die. He believed the false prophets because there was a convincing lying spirit in them. And I want to tell you, before my mom passed away, my mother said, that if we don't do the right things, if you don't obey the word of God, if you don't keep his commandments, especially when you know to do right and you've been trained and taught and you refuse to do what's right and you rebel, she said, if you don't do the right thing, God will send a spirit to cause you to do the wrong thing. And this is exactly what happened to King Ahab. He was worshiping the false God. He married Jezebel. And she introduced him. She turned his heart away from the Lord and the people. And they worshiped her. She had a controlling spirit. She had people killed just because she stole their property. She was a wicked woman, the Bible says. This spirit, a lion spirit, overtook or persuaded King Ahab to go forward in the battle. But he actually, this was his death sentence. And he didn't even realize that it was his death sentence. And let's go ahead. I'm going to continue on reading. We bless God for his word. Verse 22. Here's Micaiah finishing up what God had given to him to share with King Ahab, even though Ahab didn't, re didn't believe this. 
Now, therefore, behold, the Lord has put a lying spirit in the mouth of your prophets, and the Lord has spoken evil against you. And then Zedekiah, the son of Teniah, came near and smote Micaiah upon the cheek and said, Which way went the spirit of the Lord from me to thee? Now he's mocking, making a mockery of the prophet. Now he hit him and said, Well, which spirit caused me to hit you? Actually, he is the one that's going to be running and hiding and fearful when he realized that what Micaiah said or prophesied came, was coming to pass. When it came to pass, he was fearful and his king that he was to serve and protect was no longer alive. He was dead. Let's go over. And once again, when you have time, please read this story because this story is what will happen when those who know to do what's right continue to refuse to do what's right. And unfortunately, your time on mercy will run out. I think about the word of God says, Esau found no place of repentance, though he sought it carefully with tears. Once our time is up, our time is up. My prayer is that we would hearken to the word of God, that we will listen, obey the word of God, make up in our minds to be a hearer of the word and the doer of the words. Those are the ones that are blessed. We are in 2 Chronicles chapter 18. Let's start reading in verse 28. So the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, went up to Ramath Gilead. Now they were warned by the true prophet Micaiah. They didn't take heed to the warning. They believed the 400 false prophets. And now they're getting suited up and they're going forward to the battle. Look at verse 29. And the king of Israel said unto Jehoshaphat, I will disguise myself and I will go to the battle. But put thou on thy robe. So the king of Israel disguised himself and they went to the battle. Now, can we see here that the king of Israel, who invited the king Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, to join him in battle, now has changed his mind, and he said, you can go out in your robe, dressed up like a king, you can wear your crown, you can take your sword, you can take the best of your chariot and have your armor bearer in front of me, but I'm going to disguise myself. Can we see what's going on here? King Ahab's heart wasn't for Jehoshaphat. He wasn't even looking out for his best interest. Let's see what happens here. Let's continue to read. We're in verse 30. Now the king of Syria had commanded the captains of the chariot that were with him saying, Fight ye not with small or great, only, save only with the king of Israel. Here we're reading the king of Syria who was fighting against the king of Israel and the king of Judah. He told all his servants, there's only one person that I want to get. There's one person on my hit list. There's one person that I'm out here to execute. He wanted King Ahab. He didn't want the other king. He wanted King Ahab because this was King Ahab's death sentence. He was warned. He didn't take heed to the warning. He didn't repent. And so now he's on actually on God's hit list. And you cannot change once you get on God's hit list. Then the wrath of God falls. There's no turning back. And so verse 31 says, And it came to pass when the captains of the chariots saw Jehoshaphat. Now they recognized, here's the king. But they saw Jehoshaphat. They said, it is the king of Israel. And listen here. Therefore, they circled him about to fight him. But Jehoshaphat, who is the king of Judah, cried out 
And the Lord helped him. The Lord rescued him. But remember, King Jehoshaphat should not have been in a peace treaty or an agreement with King Ahab to begin with. What was he doing out there to begin with? He wasn't supposed to be with the enemies of God. And the Lord is going to rebuke him in the next chapter. If we have time, we're going to go over there. Once again, our thought for today is be careful who you're keeping company with. The Lord didn't save us and clean us up for us to partner with the world, to go out there and hook up with the ungodly. We must connect and have fellowship with brethren of the household of faith. And so the Lord helped Jehoshaphat when Jehoshaphat cried out to him. And it says, and God moved them to depart from him. So the Syrian army has surrounded Jehoshaphat and they were going to kill him. Jehoshaphat cried out to the Lord and the Lord changed their heart and had them realize this ain't the one we want. Verse 32, for it came to pass that when the captains of the chariot perceived or saw, recognized that it was not the king of Israel, they turned back again from pursuing him. Verse 33, and a certain man drew a bow at a venture and smote the king of Israel between the joints of the harness. Therefore, he said to his chariot man, turn thy hand that thou mayest carry me out of the host for I am wounded. Verse 34, and the battle increased that day. How be it? The king of Israel stayed himself or propped himself up in his chariot against the Syrians until the evening. And about the time of the sun going down, he, that is King Ahab, died. Now, who would imagine that a simple arrow that was shot by one of the soldiers would actually pierce and hit the King Ahab? The reason that happened is because that arrow had King Ahab's name on it. That was an arrow of death. It was targeted just for King Ahab because this was the wrath of God that had fallen on him. We thank God he spared the other king's life. Jehoshaphat cried out to the Lord. No doubt he repented. The Lord helped him. The Lord had the Syrian army change direction and get their focus off of him. And actually it was a soldier that's just shot a bow at a venture, the Bible says. That arrow that was shot actually hit the king, wounded him, and the king died after the sun went down. Let's read chapter 19 in the same book. I'm in Second Chronicles chapter 19. I'm going to read verse 1 because here Jehoshaphat goes back home, but the Lord sends a prophet to rebuke him. It says, and Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, I'm in verse 1, returned to his house in peace to Jerusalem. And Jehu, the son of Hanani, the seer, the prophet went out to meet him and look at what he says and said to King Jehoshaphat, should you help the ungodly and love them that hate the Lord? Therefore is wrath upon thee from before the Lord. Now, King Jehoshaphat, even though the Lord had blessed him, the Lord had given him riches. The Lord had given that had established his kingdom. There was a time that he got mixed up or hooked up or in partnership with an evil king who was an enemy of the Lord because he led God's people to do wickedness in the eyesight of God. And God was angry with King Ahab. King Jehoshaphat had no business connecting or getting into an alliance with King Ahab because there was a death sentence on King Ahab. 
and it almost caused Jehoshaphat his life. So my dear brothers and sisters, once again, because we cannot see the motive of the heart of people, we must beware. We must be careful who we keep company with. We must pray and ask God and seek for discernment to know those who mean us, who have good intentions towards us, and those who really do not. And when we see a person doesn't have good motives behind their actions, then we should separate from them quickly because the enemy is walking about seeking whom he may devour. The Bible says, the word of God says, the thief comes but to steal, kill, and destroy. And the enemy has many servants. They are dressed up in disguise. They look like they're nice on the outside and friendly, and they know how to smile. They know how to get into your space. But after you allow them in, once you welcome them in, that's when they attack. The word of God also says, you shall know the tree by the fruit that it bears. Father God, we thank you for your word on today and this lesson, Lord God. And Lord, I pray, God, in the name of Jesus, that we are careful who we keep company with, Lord God. I pray, God, as your word says, come out from among them and be separate, said the Lord, and I will heal you, Lord God. You want to keep us safe. We thank you for a hedge protection around about us, Lord God. But Lord, if we wander off of our own doing, if we connect with people that we have not sought your, your wisdom and guidance and permission, then we are actually on our own. And that is a terrible place to be without God in a place, in a land, in a partnership, at a company. Wherever we are, we want to make sure we take the Lord along with us. We want to make sure the Lord actually is leading and guiding us. We want to make sure, as, as King David said, the Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. And he walks with me and he talks with me. He tells me I am his own. For the joy of the Lord is our strength in Jesus' name. God bless each and every one of you all. Praise the Lord.